Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq El and we are broadcasting from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois, on WCEV 1450 AM, and we are streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're a live call-in talk radio program. We air every night from 6 to 7 p.m. right here, as I said, on WCEV 1450 AM. Uh, make sure that you are keeping up with us by following and liking us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you will find us at Radio Islam USA. And remember, these programs are always available for you wherever you get your podcast. So if that's TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, once again, you will find us at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family, it is great to be with you as we kick off another week, uh, this wonderful Monday. We're going to be joined tonight. Um, we're going to be joined tonight for, I think, what, I, what I'm excited about uh, as, a, as a really great conversation that I think we're all going to walk away with uh, knowing some things that we didn't know. And that's always a win uh, in my book. So our guest tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is Imam Michael Mikhail Sahir. Uh, he is the author of The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, The Man Behind the Men. Currently, it's in its second edition. Uh, it provides an account of Mr. Elijah Muhammad's life that seeks to show many of the positive contributions of the former leader of the Nation of Islam. Uh, the book focuses particularly on the effects of his leadership as lived out through Minister Malcolm X, boxing champion Muhammad Ali, Minister Louis Farrakhan, and Imam Warfdin Muhammad. Imam Sahir was awarded the 2011 Author of the Year by Family Matters of New York City. Imam Sahir has also served as the Imam of Nurullah Islamic Center in Indianapolis, Indiana, since 1992. He also writes a monthly column in the Indianapolis Recorder and is a regular contributor to the Muslim Journal newspaper, which is a national Islamic newspaper. He is a retired member of the Indianapolis Fire Department after 38 years of service. He's the husband of Carolyn for the past 37 years and proud father of one daughter and three sons. We welcome you to the show. Do we have you on with us? Assalamu alaikum. alaikum assalam. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, you're coming through nice, nice and clear. Yeah, so uh, before we get into our, uh, our, our discussion tonight, uh, I did mention that you are the husband of Carolyn for the past 37 years, and uh, I believe you have an anniversary coming up. Yes, sir, and uh, in 48 hours, it'd be 38 years. All right, alhamdulillah, <laughs> praise be to God. Well, we, can, we congratulate you and, uh, and and pray for the continued uh, well-being of, of you and your wife and your family. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, um, as I mentioned um, at the outset of your intro, that you are the author of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the man behind the men, um, which I'll mention again that which is in its second uh, second edition. And yes, sir. I want to ask, um, what was your, what was your, what was the moment that you decided you would write this book, and why? Yes, sir. Uh, first, I give the greetings of peace to everyone, as we say. In Islam, we say, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Wa alaikum assalam. And uh, what motivated me to write the book, uh, I always go back to a, a phrase that was common in the nation of Islam. Uh, even though I was not, not a member, I was around as a teenager, I was not a member. I did try to write the letter, but I never was successful. But... One saying that was very common back then says, dissatisfaction brings about a change. Mm -hmm. So what motivated me in writing the book was a repeat of an omission of uh, Islam, uh, African-American living Islam from African-American history. And in particular... 
doing African American or, or Black History Month mm-hmm. uh, just seems to be a repeat every year that they give all this history, um, but they never seem to find room for the contributions of, of Islam, in particular, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, saying that he's a man who made a major contribution to African-American history. And so that was the thing that really pushed me, because I came to the conclusion that we can only be mad at other other people for leaving us out to a, to a point there come a point to where we have to recognize that where we too can write our, our own history. Mm-hmm. So let's get about the business of writing our own history and who is better besides of those who who lived it or or close to those who lived it to write it. We are the best ones to write our own history. Right. So why this particular? Well, I mean. Tell the Radio Islam family why this particular individual um, and the phrasing, I think, which is extremely important. If you could talk a little bit about that. Uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the man behind the men. Yes, sir. Uh, the uh, uh, title uh, of the actual writing itself. Uh, I went back to college late in life um, in, in the end of 1990s mm-hmm. uh, and I came out in 2003 and as you know when you're completing college you have to do at this school it's called a capstone you have to do a writing on on a particular topic and the same title of my book was the same title of my capstone mm-hmm. um, the Elijah Muhammad the man behind the man and it was well received uh, at the university, uh, Martin University here in, in Indianapolis. And and I told them at that time that I planned to, to put it into a book, not knowing it's going to take me another uh, seven years <laughs> to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. But with the research, I was, trying to, I was very diligent with the research um, because the title, The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, The Man Behind the Man, came from this uh, point, um, from this perspective. I said, I have to recognize that I'm writing about a person whose history has recorded as as a controversial figure. And he too, he himself, uh, Mr. Elijah Muhammad, he added to some of that controversy for whatever means, uh, reason he had for it. So I know that I'm going to be trying to attract or get to read my book, I'm going to be attracted from a biased group. Mm-hmm. Their mind is already made up about him because of the way things have been dictated by those who have recorded the history so far. I said, but however, as it says in, in the Bible, you know, um, a tree is known by his fruits and a man by his works. Mm-hmm. I said, let me focus upon what he produced. And then look at him again, not from him as being the former Robert Poole and who came to be Elijah Kareem, then later Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Not just him alone, but can they argue, uh, argue with what he has produced knowing that no other person on earth have taken the descendants of slaves, the American slaves, mm-hmm. and raised up four internationally renowned men. Mm-hmm. I said, they can't argue with that. So let us look at him again, not just through the, the lens that we have been taught to see him through, but let's expand that scope to include the four men who he grew had a hand, a direct hand, on grooming and shaping. And as I said a minute ago, these four men are now known around the world. And uh, I say this with all due respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at uh, 
Frederick Douglass, he was not in the situation. Booker T. Washington, I'm sure he he produced great people that came behind him, but they're not known around the world. Even our beloved uh, brother, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and we, we all love him, mm-hmm. and he done a lot of good things. But his uh, intellectual seeds, if I, can, if I can use that phrase, did not produce internationally renowned man to the degree in particular mm-hmm. as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We know he had Andy Young, you know, and Julian Baum, and Jesse Jackson, and so forth, uh, Ralph Abernathy. But I can, I can feel sure for the next 10, 15, 20 years, every single day, those four men who were produced by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, mm-hmm. somebody in, in America or the world will quote them every single day without missing a day. Somebody going to quote Muhammad Ali. I mean, he's on TV commercials right now. Yeah. You know, somebody going to quote Mr. Malcolm X, Mr. Farrakhan, and even David Muhammad every single day. I think that's a, uh, a position or a or an achievement. I'm sorry, an achievement that's done from the direct work, directly from the hands, the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and that was my focus for writing the book. Look at him through his uh, works. Uh, so it's obvious that um, the the position that you come from is one that obviously that his work it is not appreciated and obviously uh, and excluded. Um, who have you found? Um, who have you found to be the, the biggest? Hmm, I guess the biggest. Uh, the, those have been most appreciative of this book. Well, if I'm, that I, I think people do appreciate his work, mm-hmm. um, and I think that comes out within the book that I wrote. Yes, uh, before tipping the hat in a public way because there have been many people that came to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad during his lifetime mm-hmm. and they gave him respect. Even the governor of Illinois mm-hmm. at the same time the mayor of Chicago I think the governor was Walker this is um, April of 1974 they made statewide and citywide the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Day so they, the people, they knew his works and they respected his works. But I think now we get into history, they want to, to, to borrow greatly from what he, he taught and and the results that he had with business, education, diet and health, modesty. You know, they borrow heavily. They change the name mm-hmm. and, and they and they go on with it. So I think they do appreciate before saluting and giving the respect that is due, uh, this is my assessment, that they have been a, a little bit neglectful in that regard. Mm. But that, to answer your, your question, those who have most appreciated the book really has been the Muslim community because it's almost like I said, we finally got a book. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and I intentionally wrote it in a way uh, that I tried not to use the term honorable before his name every every time, right. and I was criticized for that. But that's okay because the intended audience is not so much African American Muslims or Muslims, but it's trying to reach to everybody. And I was, was going to ask know, you about and that, I didn't, and I did not always say email mm-hmm. before I put down W. D. Muhammad. Sometimes I just put down Wallace right. or Lewis, you know, because you, we're trying to speak. What my intent was, anyway, was to use a language that would be uh, easy for anybody to see these uh, individuals, not as titles or leaders only, but as human beings who were very successful. And uh, they were very successful and very effective in what they'd done. Mm. Uh, With with these four extremely distinguished um, and, and known individuals, is there a particular point um, that you can, I guess, string string through each of them that you feel like um, 
that was given to them from um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, well, we begin with Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad Ali was, he was already knocking out people before he met the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Right. But he was as, he would have been as any other great boxer known for getting in the ring and doing what, what he does naturally. Um, so what he got from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a connection with his people to where he was not fighting just to knock out somebody and get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But he, he seen himself as fighting for his people. His last fight, big fight, I should say, with uh, Joy Former, Foreman, mm-hmm. you know, the Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, just before that fight, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Muhammad Ali, they were a little bit distant because uh, Ali chose to keep fighting, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted him to hang up his gloves. Mm-hmm. But on the night of the fight, through Jabber, Herbert, uh, Elijah Muhammad sent word to Muhammad Ali that he was fighting for his people. You know, so that gave Ali a sense of purpose. Another instance involving Muhammad Ali was that he's known for his stance, and we salute him for his stance of not going to the Vietnam War. But that came directly from the Nation of Islam, there was a long tradition. There had been very, there had been many men from the Nation of Islam who done prison time uh, for not going to to fight mm-hmm. in, in, in the war. So again, no, that is the uh, work of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Uh, <clears throat> you, you take Minister Louis Farquhar; uh, he was a talented uh, singer. He was a calypso singer. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first gener- first of a generation that came from college with the college education, by and large, uh, before that time period. Before a while after he came in, it was not common to have college-educated uh, individuals to join the Nation of Islam. And sometimes they were even shunned you know, to a, a degree. But what... Uh, Mr. Farrakhan found at the time Lewis uh, Lewis X found in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was once again a, a a message that spoke to the needs of the African American community in particular at that time to a, to the point to where he hung up his career as, as being a singer. Mm-hmm. He had the stage name of Gene the Charmer, and one thing that I mentioned in the book. Uh, that the Honorable, uh, from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Mr. Farrakhan said, uh, all that he had learned in college and all that he had learned, you know, he had achieved in his life, the the message he got from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did not compare. It allowed him to put what he had learned into a perspective and to redirect the, the energy toward helping uh, the African-American people. So once again, you see the uh, the shaping of a person of an intellect, of a if you if you will energy, right. or, or so you may say, that's redirecting it from what could have been maybe a pretty good career in singing, playing the violin, yeah. but but uh, they they would not take that route. Uh, Minister Michael Max. Uh, he was uh, always smart. If you go back into his childhood, uh, even when he was his family was broken up and he had to go live with the, the white families, still Malcolm rose to the top of his of his class, even with the white students. Right. Um, but then he, as many of our young men do, they are super smart, super intelligent. But they used that in, uh, for negative reasons, you know. So Malcolm became one of the best hustlers, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so here's a man to uh, referring to Mr. Elijah Muhammad when he you know, finally get his uh, language or his teachings to a intellect like a Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. 
Malcolm Shabazz, Minister Malcolm Shabazz, is now able, and we have recorded that you can find them on the Internet, to where a person who did not even have a high school education, he's going on, on Harvard, <laughs> Campus Colleges, Yale University, mm-hmm. and, and he's taken the message of the I don't be like Muhammad, and using his his uh, articulation, Malcolm was very articulate, and he was quick with it. Mm-hmm. But he was taking the very message of Elijah Muhammad and going on college campuses with with not even having a high school uh, diploma, but he's able to apply that and and uh, and be very successful in debating some of the, the best minds. Um, and so with uh, the Imam D. Muhammad, if you know that he was shaped and groomed by his uh, mother, father, sisters, and brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the history goes, and the history is what it is, um, that, that they were told by Mr. W.D. Farad you know, to uh, protect Wallace and bring him up, don't allow him to go to the, at the they call it the devil schools, Mm-hmm. You know, and teach him, groom him, you know, so he can be a helper, you know, to this cause. And it's one thing that I mentioned in the book, and uh, and I'm very grateful. Even Muhammad did give me two uh, interviews just for the book. And, uh, <clears throat> and when he said, uh, with my father and, and my mother, he said they taught me to question everything. And he said, and that's just what I've done. He said, I question everything. And to the point to where he even questioned the theology of the nation of Islam, but he said, well, Daddy, you can't get mad at me because you told me to question everything. So but so that grooming and that shaping um, uh, of Imam Muhammad uh, from his father is also seen in that while the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was in prison. Right. Uh, Sister Claire Muhammad would, would travel and she became the uh, medium or, or the source for bringing back information you know, to the nation of Islam to keep it afloat for four going on five years but really longer than that because for a long time the Honorable Elijah Muhammad he was on the the run for his life and he traveled city to city you know, by him going to Washington D.C. But while he's in prison, on this one occasion, he, he sends back a message to uh, Sister Clara directly to Imam W.D. Muhammad, and they asked to read the surah in the Quran about Luqman's uh, advice to his son. And the advice was to obey your parents unless they try to get you to obey something that's not uh, pleasing to God. Right. I will not accept. So right. that that's a, that's a, a very important and very I see it's quite significant in the growth and development of the shaping of the Honorable uh, Muhammad upon his son uh, Ibn Muhammad Wallace D Muhammad is that uh, to give him that freedom to become the next leader. Mm. Radio Islam family, we are talking with Imam Mikhail Sahir. He is the author of the Honorable, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the man behind the men. And uh, if you would like to uh, ask a question or make a comment, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. But you will have to wait until we come back from this short break. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. 
the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me... That meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Foreclosure is hard on every member of the family, but your family is not alone. If you're struggling with your mortgage, there is help. To learn about the government's Making Home Affordable program, visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE to speak to a HUD-approved housing counselor. It's free of charge. Visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE today. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, NeighborWorks America, and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. Our guest tonight is Imam Mikhail Sahir. He is the author of The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, The Man Behind the Men. We've been talking about uh, some of the uh, some of the inspirations behind the book and the audience and uh, things of that nature. Uh, but now I'd like to ask uh, Imam Mikhail, are you there? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm here. all right. Make sure we didn't lose you. Yeah. Yes, sir. So um, I would like to ask, uh, with regard to with regard to this book, you said that you wrote it specifically with language that would be um, accessible. Uh, to to non-Muslims in particular. Yes, sir. Uh, what has been what has been some of the feedback that you've gotten from the non-Muslim audience? Um, uh, the majority of them that they were were very happy. Uh, some were uh, surprised because uh, they didn't know the information in the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all been. Um, Positive, you know, and I say this when I sell the books. I say it in, in a jokingly way. And I've been saying it for years, and I would tell them. I said, "Tell you what, you buy the book, and if you don't like it, just let me know. I will send you back your money, and you keep the book." Mm. And I have not had a book returned to me yet. You know, so um, and it's just good information. And there are people who are. Uh, Christians and even some of my Jewish friends that they were like, no, I, I just didn't know. So that's their response. And so it's been very good uh, feedback. Well, I think that goes to the point that you mentioned earlier, that you can only be upset with others for leaving you out uh, of, of history's uh, narrative only for so long before you begin writing yourself. Uh, inserting yourself into the conversation. So, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, so um, that I did include where because I, I had to use some Arabic phrases sure. or Nation of Islam language. So I have a, like a one-page glossary mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the back of the book, but I avoided using those words that were, you know, like, as we do sometimes, and we, and I do it myself, we say, Alhamdulillah, Inshallah, MashaAllah, and people are like, what yeah. are they talking about? Yeah. You know, so I, I made it my uh, purpose you know, not to use that kind of uh, language. Uh, but to speak it in a way, in a fashion, to where people would be able to look at it, read it, appreciate it, and be able to go tell someone else about it. Mm. Well, you know, th- there is something uh, to be said for the uh, for, for language, uh, and we're familiar with uh, terms like language environment. Um, and I want to segue over to because I'm like I, I am I'm keeping a keen eye on the clock because there's a lot that I want to uh, to try to bring up in a very short amount of time uh, because you wear quite a few different hats. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to bring up was when I mentioned the whole language environment, uh, the phrase words make uh, makes people, um, which was um, stated by um, Imam Warthi Muhammad, uh, but it's also the name of your weekly radio program. Yes, sir. And I wanted to ask you if you could uh, just give us a little bit of the, uh, what is it that, well, first of all, how long have you been doing the program? Um, my blog talk show with me, people, I've been doing it going on six years now. Okay. Alhamdulillah. That's good. I, yes, I know sir. It's been a while. Um, and, uh, go ahead. And, and what, what was the, uh, what was the impetus? What was the, what was the drive that, that made you say, let me, let me step into this area you know I'm, I'm writing i've been writing for the uh recorder for a number of years from for the journal um uh, imam of a masjid uh leader mm-hmm. in the community what was the thing that made you decide that let me get into uh this medium of communication as well mm-hmm. it's very interesting uh as you know i'm a retired firefighter i retired last year after 38 years mm-hmm. i've been a firefighter for the city of indianapolis and one of the young men who i work with uh david posey uh, he said, he told me for maybe two years or more, he said, you need to get your blog talk radio show because people there listen to you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you say yes, but you go on about your business, you know. <laughs> and so then finally, I say, I think I'm, I'm going to do it, you know. Right. Once you hear it so long, I say, I'm, I'm going to do it. And, uh matter of fact, he was he was my first guest that I had on, on my show. Oh, really? Yes, and... And so, um, at first began, it was a local uh, base uh, blog talk uh, situation. Mm-hmm. And I liked that because it allowed me to build local connections in my city, which is a good form of us sharing our religion, sharing our faith. Right. Um, but the last three years I've been on uh, a, a different blog talk station, uh, station IWDM, you can hear the initials in there. Yeah. Uh, for Wallace D. Muhammad, uh, is a, for the acronym. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the format is really just to bring up issues, and the same as we do with, with the Muslim Journal or any other expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us give a Muslim voice, a Muslim perspective on the various issues that are going on within our community as well as those for the uh, general community. And to uh, people often ask me, they say, well, how do you choose your topics? I say, well, I have, main, I have two, two uh, bases for choosing my topics. One is I know that I cannot beat or compete with the dominant society. Mm-hmm. So if it's around... Fourth uh, of July. I'm gonna talk about Muslims in uh, Muslims in Fourth of July. If it's around Veterans Day, Muslims who are veterans. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just uh, take the. Uh, I'm going to ride the the tide that's because the major society has put in this 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 idea for this season mm-hmm. on everyone's mind. But what does Islam say about that? Mm-hmm. And th- then the other, uh, with there are three. Uh, the other one is, you know, what are needs within our Muslim community? What conversations do we need to have within our Muslim community? And who can we get to come on as a guest that can speak most to those issues? 
the third one that I use is that I say, well, what is it that needs to be talked about? And they would want to talk about it at the barbershop. They talk about it at the hair salon. They talk about it at the dinner table. But no one got the nerve to, to put it out in the public. What is that topic? And whatever comes, to, whatever I, I come up with as being that topic that's real popular in small pockets, mm-hmm. I said, that's going to be my topic next week <laughs> because <laughs> I know everyone will talk about it anyway. Right. So let's put it out there. And that's given, and always given a Muslim perspective to it because the show is titled Words Make People, which is a phrase that came from Imam W.D. Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, uh, words do make people. I mean, it, it's, it's just the way it is. And so we always begin our show reading from the Quran because that's the best word for making people. Mm-hmm. And then we go in, into our... And it's been, from what I'm, I'm learning more and more, people are listening to it, because people come to me from different uh, arenas, and they say, yes, yeah, so listen to your program. They tell me about your program. I say, wow, okay. Mm. You say, if you say in, in, in Arabic, we say, Alhamdulillah, which means to praise be to God. And, you know, so I think the main thing about anything we do, mm-hmm. just to be consistent, if you're going to do a show or write a book or whatever you're going to do, you just have to be consistent. You know, of course, that's based upon faith in God, but right. to, be, to be consistent with it. Because people there, they have to get used to and they begin to ex- to expect you to be Right. To, to be there, you mm-hmm. know, so, and it's uh, coming up pretty good. Yeah, well, alhamdulillah. And uh, definitely uh, keep keep up the, the fabulous work. I've uh, been doing it for six years, and uh, that in itself is is an achievement, uh, especially doing it at the level that you've been able to uh, maintain. So, yes, sir. Uh, so let me ask this. Um, as um, both, and I, I've, I mentioned this uh, from time to time, uh, being a, a imam of masjid with the, within the uh, uh, community of Imam Warthi Muhammad here in Chicago, uh, you being in Indianapolis, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that has been a uh, one of the staples of our uh, outreach or dialogue has been our community's relationship with the Focolari uh, mm-hmm. movement. And you have been amongst the, uh, the, the leaders um, of that, who've helped to continue uh, that connection. And if you could tell the uh, Raider Islam family a little bit about what took place uh, in 1997 uh, in the uh, masjid in Harlem between Imam Warthi Muhammad and mm-hmm. Sister uh, Kiara Lugic. Yes, sir. And uh, as I'm sure that your listeners may know, the Focolari uh, group is, is based in, in Rome, Italy. And it began in 1943 in Trent, Italy, during the war, by the lady, uh, Kier Lubick. And she was very young at that time, in uh, maybe early 20s. Mm-hmm. But she began to practice the Christian teaching of, of loving the one nearest to you. And, and uh, the Christian ideal, uh, may they all be one, a father, may they all be one, not knowing that she was beginning what is now a, a worldwide movement in a hundred and I think 180 countries mm-hmm. uh, right now, and within the uh, Catholic Church, which, which grew since the last since then, mm-hmm. said now going about 70, 80 years, it has now uh, reached out to many faith traditions. Which in 1996, uh, she first met with Imam Muhammad. Uh, when he went to visit Pope John Paul II. Right. But then, to get to your question, uh, uh, she came over to Harlem, New York, in uh, May of 1997. But I was not there on that day. I, I did go back for the reunion. They had, had the reunion. But uh, she came to Harlem in May of 1997, and she spoke at the Malcolm uh, Shabazz Master there under the leadership of email. Ezekiel Pasha, and that was like formerly a pack, formerly a, a group effort of, of by and large, African-American Muslims with a by and large uh, white uh, Caucasian 
Catholic um, community. And since that time that the the unity and the growth and the development has been outstanding, and not just here in Indianapolis, also there in Chicago, Washington, D.C., uh, down in the southern Florida, Houston, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, and there Kansas City, Missouri, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and there's, there may be, I'm sure there are other cities as well, to where where people would thought never would have happened has taken place, to where you have these two communities from different racial, ethnic, and ridiculous backgrounds who have now came together and done a tremendous amount of work. As you know, we have been to, to Rome, Italy a number of times, and we plan to go again next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, to continue that work here in, in Indianapolis, that the the Muslim community and folklore community, we have gotten together every week for lunch for for over 20 years. Over this past November marked 20 years of wow. getting together every week for lunch. And of course, the Muslim men I go per se during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been a few times that we went to our mama down and, and just talked to them. You know, we couldn't eat with them, but we <laughs> sat down, and, you know, and, and just talked with them. Let, let me ask you this question, Iman. Sure. Um, what, uh, in hearing about this sustained relationship, this relationship that has continued to uh, to build, what are some of the, uh, the, the lessons that I think the broader community, Muslim and non-Muslim, um, mm-hmm. What are some of the the, the lessons uh, that you think are available for people to pick out of this particular uh, dialogue, this particular relationship? Yes, I, I guess one of the main things that that come from it is that the uh, the royal contributions of Prophet Jesus mm-hmm. and his message of love. And the strong example of leadership of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon both of them, and his commitment for community life, and being really, and this is a Muslim perspective, that we see Muhammad the Prophet of of Arabia as being a uh, completion or a conclusion of the uh, special work that was that was. Uh, that, that, that started with with Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and our two communities today in 2018, the Fokaloi community and the Muhammad community, is a continuation of that reality that we we know in Islam that we are taught and we believe and we accept that the prophets are brothers, mm-hmm. and one is a uh, is, is a continuation of the other. Muhammad peace be upon him is a a continuation and a completion of the work of Christ Jesus. You know, and without getting into any kind of theological conversation with that, mm-hmm. that we believe that what we have been blessed to receive uh, from Lady Kira Lubick and Imam David D. Muhammad is a continuation of a great work. And we have over two decades of life, you know, that shows that that it, it is doable. That it's beyond the point of saying, well, this won't work, and we're going into our third decade of, of working on very many levels. You know, so even with our youth, uh, uh, how you say it, and the various needs of, of, of life. Right. Uh, um, so, I mean, there's so many things that we have done, I wouldn't know where to, to begin, and once I begin, I wouldn't know where to stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sure, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, you know, for example, you know, I was blessed to go to the Philippines mm-hmm. and to Thailand. And when I went to the Philippines, guess who came out to see me? Yeah, it's Focolari did. Really? Yes. You know, That's, they that have, is so they like in, the Focolari. Uh, uh, <laughs> I said that is so much like the Focolari. Yeah, you know, I mean, and then we I'm went the that. next day, we went to that Focolari house. In the Philippines, when I went to with a different group, I was going to uh, 2008 with Habitat for Humanity. 
I went with a group from here. We went over there to build a house over in, in Jordan. And before I left, I contacted Marco, for those who know Marco, folklore named Marco. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, can you give me a phone number for the folklore over in Jordan? He did. And we got together. Wow. And then I was supposed to do it over in, in, in Israel, too. But, I well, I, I got a little ill in my mind, didn't fall through on it. But while in Jordan, that's a brother named Amr, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Amir, but no, but no I, Amr. Right. And I met Amr first in in Rome, the um, Focolori, uh, the Focolori. I met him in Rome in 1998. And he invited me to come to Jordan then, and I guess being polite, I said, oh, yes, and maybe one day, inshallah. But when I was there in uh, in 2008, some 10 years later, I was able to get with Amr over in Jordan. Oh, wow. Alhamdulillah. Now, he's Muslim mm-hmm. from Jordan. Right. I'm Muslim from America. We met through Fokalari. And then when I went to Jordan, I was able to get with him. We all went out, you know, and uh, just had, you know, meal, ice cream or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that this relationship, you know, has, has really uh, gave us a chance to uh, share with them the beauty and the uh, the uh, power of Islam, and they have, for myself, me being raised Christian, I was not raised Catholic, but I was raised Christian. Mm-hmm. The Focolari's uh, expression of Christianity has given me a new respect for Christianity that I did not have before, because they don't talk the Word of God; they live it. Yes. Absolutely. And that right, and, and and I witnessed it with my own two eyes. They live it. They don't, you know, they don't talk it. Of course, they speak it because it's their language, mm-hmm. but they really live it. I said, let me go meet somebody who lived the Word of God, because because I, I got that one first time I, when I got that when I became Muslim. Right. I said, yeah, the Muslims live it. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we we live our faith. But Sokolari showed me a, a a Christian model of living it. Let me ask you this last. Yes, let me ask you this last question, you man. Um, the the example, or I guess the the tenor of the relationship between the Fokalari and uh, Imam Muhammad's community, how do you see that being replicated, or do you see um, do you see a conscious um, a conscious um, I guess desire to implement that? Uh, internally, and I, I'm not just saying just within the, uh, just just among African American Muslims, but among the Muslim community uh, itself. Because when I when I look, think about that relationship, mm-hmm. I think I think of how how much um, our own community could could benefit from that type of uh, type of an engagement and example. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, we have to be ambassadors, so to speak, mm-hmm. of what we have been the recipients of, right. and take it and, and share it uh, with, with everyone. Um, I know our effort here locally in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. that we have been in, uh, I would just two magazines, maybe about three or four newspapers. And that's the last year we were the, the uh, centerpiece of a book on interfaith mm. um, to um, S.C. Ben Muhammad said when he came here for a folklore event, he said that people have, uh, and they'll follow their own, they have given up on, on, on religion. They've given up on, on having faith. And that we have to take what we have between our two communities and take it out to the people and, and show them the uh, beauty and the possibilities you know, that can be done here. Mm. Um, so we don't get together to convert one another, right. but we get to, together to bring out the best that Christ Jesus left and the best that Prophet Muhammad left 
for humanity, and that it, this is our this is our day. This is this is our time, and we have to uh, take pick up the, the mantle and and show them what we have been blessed with, mm-hmm. and, and, and to, with the intention to uh, to bring back hope and bring back faith and, and goodness and in people. Alhamdulillah. Well, Imam, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with the Radio Islam family. Uh, for those yes, of you who are, uh, if you haven't seen the book, if you haven't gotten it, you can get it. It's available on Amazon. Um, and I'll uh, give you the title again, The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, The Man Behind the Men, uh, which is in its second edition. And Imam, yes, I look sir. forward to uh, I look forward to, to joining up with you uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, for Rome, inshallah. Yes, sir, for Rome. Yeah, and, and also they can go to my website. Mm-hmm. And the website is www.wordsmakepeople.com. Okay, that's even better. That's even yes, better. Yes, sir. All right. Wordsmakepeople.com, yes, sir. And, and, and thank you, Brother Email, and for having me as a guest on your show. And I, I really appreciate it. Yet the opportunity to share. I hope that I share something good for Absolutely. someone. Absolutely. Well, at least I know I got something. So if I got something, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you again. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Assalamualaikum. All right, Radio Islam family, we have come to the end of another program. Uh, we invite you to join us tomorrow evening. We will be talking with uh, Dr. Aisha Gray Henry of Vitas Publishing. And we've got a really interesting conversation around Ghazali for children, Al-Ghazali for children. Um, So it's going to be an interesting and informative conversation. Join us tomorrow at the same time. Uh, Tonight's um, show has been brought to you by Recycling Processes. I want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon. Thank you very much, sir. Our engineer in studio, assistant producer, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. Uh, I'm your producer and host for tonight, Tariq el Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. The views expressed tonight by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision's stance. And with that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.